the footsteps of Jesus from down under. Welcome to the program. I'm very happy to be with you today and please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Today we are going to listen to the second part of Simon's story. Last week he told us about his uh, upbringing, his struggles in his family and today we'll hear from him about the change which took place in his life. Please stay with us. The, the birth of our daughter, that was definitely a changing um, point in, 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 well, probably both our lives, myself and my wife. Okay, so you still maintained your regular practice of going to church and, well, although there were other things that probably didn't fit with going to church, the, uh, the birth of your daughter brought about the beginnings of a change. Now, what went on from that point? I mean, you resolved that you wanted to be a good father and you said that things began to change then. Can you tell us the continuation of that change? Well, I guess I wanted to change things. So, as men want to do, they want to fix things and, and I try to fix myself. Good luck to anyone out there who's trying to fix themselves and they're trying to lose weight or whatever. Yeah, if you don't get fixed yourself inside, um, you're going to struggle. And I believe that fixing come from Jesus, but it took took time. And I was trying to do it myself. And uh, we had another daughter by that that stage. And um, I was I was going along. I thought it was all right. I was working seven days a week. I was interstate truck driving, and it was all work. And you know, I was that wound up sometimes if someone cut me off in traffic I'd get out and bang on their windscreen. You know, I was, as I said, I was an angry person. I, was, I thought I was being a good father by out there providing. Um, then I'd come back and I'd argue and my oldest daughter was probably about six at the time and, and she heard all that argument that me and my wife were going on. The younger daughters too, she didn't know what what was going on. So all this argument that myself and my wife had had a severe effect on, on our oldest daughter and um, my wife, it got a bit hard for her in the end and she decided, her mum actually moved closer and, and she decided to go back to church. Now, this was a huge decision for her. I mean, go back to church. I mean, she was coming to church with me as a Catholic. She wanted to go back to her church as a Seventh-day Adventist because she didn't believe the Catholic system was the right system and she struggled with that um, going with me and she also struggled how I would react if she didn't go with me. Um, but she finally had the guts to make that decision, what was in her heart, to um, go back to church and that just type of, you know, as I said to people, We've been married for 21 years now and we've probably been divorced, close to divorce, three times in that so, period. So when your wife decided to go back to church, she obviously felt a need in her own life. Did that make you more angry? Which way did it drive you? Oh, it drove me to complete anger. Complete anger. It was a separation of what the ideal family I had in my mind was meant to be. It was, uh, it was, I, was I was starting to look like a failure and um, and uh, yeah it was it was it was absolutely devastating for me and I abused her more um, as I said never hit her but 
I don't see the difference. I'm call her a brainwashed, you know, cult that she was in, the seven-day Adventist church. I was angry against them and for who are these idiots and, you know, to break up my family. And as I said, the bitterness was, was there, was coming out. And um, so I'd be working seven days a week. So my wife, you know, she, and naturally she was staying at home looking after the children and whenever she could, she was a nurse, so she was doing nursing. And um, so she decided to go to church, uh, so she had to take the children to church on a Saturday. And I'm going, what's this Saturday rubbish and that? But her mum was a seven-day Adventist, so when I first met her, she talked to me about the Sabbath. But it was like talking to a brick wall because I wasn't interested at all in uh, listening to what she had to say about that because I believed the Catholic way was the only way. And if the Pope said you had to stand up and fight and kill all Protestants, I would have been on the front line. And classic example of Saul, you know. Oh, Simon, just on the, on that point, uh, uh, I got from you that uh, you had an interest in Christianity, going to church, uh, as you said, uh, almost re religiously every Sunday. But have you experienced conversion in that period of time, or when that happened in your life? Would you be able to share with us a time in your uh, life when you really experienced a conversion? Yeah, well, that's a good question because a conversion, I presume you mean born again um, experience. And as I said, I had a relationship with Jesus, talking relationship and that, probably not a listening relationship. And But there was no conversion. There was no conversion in my life. Or the only conversion I was trying to do is do it myself. And um, so... When my wife went to church on the Saturday, um, then I'd take the children Sunday night or Sunday to the Catholic church. So this was going on back and forth. You know, it wasn't a very ha happy home life. But um, my daughter must have been about oh, nine at the time, I reckon, my oldest daughter. And she said, Dad, why don't you keep the Sabbath? And I said, well, I do. She said, but you're keeping the wrong day. So she's been going to the church on the Saturday and learning in the, in the Sabbath school there. She's been going to church on the Sunday and learning from the Sunday school. So she's getting both things. And she's asked this question, and uh, this was quite profound because, I don't know, sometimes it's, I class myself as an honest person and I love honesty, but it's so easy to lie to yourself. Um, and it's so easy to lie to your wife, really. Um, people lie when they have um, affairs and everything, but to lie to your innocent um, little child, you know, daughter, I just couldn't do it. So I said, well, I'll find out for you which day is the um, true day to worship on. And um, so being a Catholic, you never read the Bible, so I wrote away at the time to... Um, we are living in South Australia at the time, and... I wrote away to Archbishop Arch, Arch um, Wilson at the time, and I said, uh, "Oh, my name's you know Simon, and I'm a Catholic, and uh, I just want to know which day is the Sabbath." And he wrote back to me, and uh, he said, uh, "The Sabbath is on Sunday. It was, um, it was changed from the seventh day of the week, Saturday, to the first day of the week, um, Sunday, at the resurrection of Jesus." And um, 
generally you'd say, okay, that's a good answer. It's coming from the bishop and that's a good answer. But something inside me wanted to know more. So I wrote back to him. I just asked him, um, whereabouts does it say that in the Bible? And, um, you know, just so I could show my daughter. But just, yeah, because I was getting real curious about this this stage. It was a desire in my heart to, to know what was the truth. And, um, and he wrote back to me and said, oh, don't worry about what the Bible says. Just continue being a good Catholic. And that was just like Paul writes about, you know, a knife being drawn right into your, right to the marrow of your bone. And it just felt like it went right into my heart and it just pierced me out. And I could have died. I just thought, what, what do you mean? Don't worry about the Bible. I thought Catholics, we stood on the Bible. That's because we never read it, but we thought, you know, we always had a family Bible and we thought we, everything we believed and was taught by the priest was everything to do with the Bible. And, we were just, as far as we were concerned, we were Bible holding up Christians as Catholics. And when he said, don't worry about what the Bible says, just continue being a good Catholic was just four. And uh, and as I said, I was working seven days a week and I was getting burned out emotionally. I was getting burned out physically. And I just said to my bosses, which were a beautiful Catholic um, family, I just said, I've, I've got to take time off. And... We took um, we took a month off and headed to the Northern Territory on a on a family holiday, and uh, yeah, we my wife got the uh, Bible on tape so we could listen to it going on this thing, and because uh, I wasn't a very good reader, and uh, but I started reading the Bible and had a desire to start learning this truth, and as soon as I started opening up, it just it was like being in a dark room turning on one of them adjusting lights and it got brighter and brighter the more I read and and uh, that was a beautiful holiday, beautiful family holiday and um, I could feel the Lord starting to change me from within. That's, uh, that's amazing uh, about uh, this, how you shared with us about uh, your daughter. Uh, sometime God can use a little child mm. to break down a tough guy like Simon, mm. and to direct him to the Bible. How was that experience? It's a beautiful experience, but it was also very hard. Um, I remember reading fairly early on the scripture in First uh, John, I think it's chapter 4, verse 18 to 20. It says, if you say you love God and hate your brother, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. And uh, well, I had a lot of anger for for different people. I was a very racious person, we were brought up in that environment, redneck um, type of people, and uh, and I thought, wow, you know, I, I claim to love God. When I started reading things like that, it just, just started changing me, and I, I, I would break down quite often crying at night reading the Bible, but I had these tapes, and because I was coming back from the holiday and I was still working 18 hours a day, I'd just put the tape in the in the truck and, and I'd listen to the Bible and then I got a heap of tapes of a fellow called Jeff Yielden and um, he's a preacher and um, and many other preachers and I just started putting them into the uh, cassette player and I'd drive along the freeway and I'd write down scripture to check out what he was saying was true and that and then I'd go back at night I'd, I'd be going for probably four hours at night getting up in two hours and then going back to work again and I never I was never tired I just had all this energy just 
wanting to consume God's truth. And um, so, yeah, it happened very quickly, but it was strange because my wife was really a Seventh-day Adventist all her life. She turned away during her teenage times, and when she married me, she wasn't a Seventh-day Adventist. But I come in in a very short period of time just sucking in the Bible. I just couldn't get enough. And I told her, I overtook her, and I said, we shouldn't be living like this. You know, we've got to follow the... The, and she got quite uptight and you know she'd been praying for such a long time and this is the power of prayer she i remember she told me she got up in front of a church um that she could not handle it no more um we were arguing that much she prayed in front of the church and asked the church to pray for not long after that is when the lord started i started looking for the truth mm. about the sabbath yep. and that so prayer is a powerful thing but then I started learning all this information. I said, we've got to change our life. I said, you know, we both of us haven't been living and she got a bit uptight about that. So that was, again, was a struggle in our, in our, um, in our relationship, even though it became so good. And then it started to get a bit tension again because I was learning so much truth. I wasn't convinced that the church I was going to, uh, or my wife was going to, Seventh-day Adventist Church, was the correct church. So I thought, I looked in the paper and I looked at Bible studies from other churches, Christadelphians, the Lutheran Church and um, Assemblies of God. And I started looking into all these different denominations and um, and backing up their doctrine with the Bible. And I kept falling short in, in so many things in these other churches. And, um, and I thought, oh, well, I've got to check out this Seventh-day Adventist Church and... and um, basically see what they're teaching is truth and i tell you what if if i was a detective i wouldn't have left one stone unturned i went through all their doctrines i was determined to um probably the stubbornness in me because my mother-in-law told me this 10 years you know beforehand mm. and uh i wanted to prove her wrong for one but um also i wanted to make sure i didn't want to make a mistake again you know i'd been deceived by the Catholic Church um, doctrines and that, and I didn't want to make the same mistake. What we've been taught was so you know, against the, what the Bible teaches, and so I just went on this, you know, for probably a couple of years, this, this search, and and um, then I thought, ah, the Seven Day Adventist Church talks about um, a prophet called Alan White. Maybe I can claim her as false. So I started reading her books. And, you know, to much to my surprise, it actually did the opposite. As I was reading for an agenda to try and prove that the church was false, it actually strengthened my faith in the church and, and um, in Jesus. And, and I'm not saying that it's all about church or what denomination. It's about Jesus and coming closer to mm. him. So while I was trying to do this, I was actually coming closer to Jesus um, at the time and that's that's what i was uh, going to to ask you if uh, through all this experience you realize that jesus was near to you or jesus was the one who was searching for you but you just need to answer to his call i guess that's it's more listening yeah he was always he was always there's no doubt his angels were protecting me over the years i ran off the road doing 160 when over in Perth there and half drunk and uh, so there's no doubt God's angels have been around me over the years but Jesus was always calling to me but 
it's when we start to stop and listen. And a lot of time we've got to be rock bottom. And I was rock bottom. I've so <clears throat> your life began to take this search, I suppose you would call it. And you were searching the scriptures and you were searching through other means, through preachers and whatnot, and reading the books of Ellen White. At some stage, you must have decided, this is the way I want to go. When Could you identify that? Well, Len, I'm pretty well exhausted, as I said. I'm, I exhausted uh, all denominations. I had no desire to um, look into Islam or anything like that, um, or Buddhism or nothing like that. Um, since I have, I have looked at them sides, more of an evangelistic side of thing. But Jesus, God, was always real. He, 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 he yes. was real through my father. He was, he, was, he was real through being on the farm creation. He was real through looking up at the stars, talking to him. Um, so he's always real. But I just exhausted everything. As I said, um, people were so amazed how come I had such a Bible knowledge because, as I said, I was driving all the time. I was listening to it and going back and forth. I've read the Bible through and I've exhausted all things. And I basically just said one day, well, I uh, need to be baptised uh, because it talks about baptism in in the Bible. And um, I started, at this stage, I was starting to go to my wife's church. Um, and as I said, I was, I was there like a wolf ready to... Uh, you know, just pounce on anything that was anti-Bible against the Bible. And, um, you know, I guess some people struggle with the Bible, but I've never struggled with the Bible. I've always believed it's God's Word. You know, I've never struggled with evolution. I think that's a load of rubbish. I just believe in God's Word. I always have, which is a strange thing because, as I said, we were never taught properly with it as a Catholic. And um, But yet I've always, and when I started reading it, it's just a beautiful book. It just can't be, just cannot be nothing but God ordained because you look at a period of 1500 years, you look at 40 different authors, it starts off beautiful and you've got sin right through it and then you've got a beautiful uh, ending. You've got right through it, you've got the battles of between good and evil, you've got David being a great man and then you've got him committing adultery and murdering one of his soldiers. All through this Bible, there's stories that if you were going to make up a book, no way you'd put them in there, mm. you know? That's an, uh, another mm. thing which I would like to ask you is, you mentioned quite a lot that uh, you believed in the Bible, you knew that God is there, is real, uh, but was that a difference when you could really recognize God's call, for example, like, come and follow me? Oh, definitely. When I, you know, that's, that's in Scripture too, when I started reading the Gospels, you know, saying, come follow you and... Because it's a... Di sorry to interrupt you, Simon. It's a difference to know, to have a general knowledge, to um, accept, yes, God is there, and it's another thing to have that personal relationship with Jesus, and as our program tries to emphasize, is to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, because many times we are walking parallel, yep. But yeah, I, that, that's my uh, interest in finding out how people experience their walk with Jesus at the personal level. Yeah, that's a good question. It's 
going right back to my, as, as I said to you, I'm, I wasn't brought up a non-believer, so it's, it's it's different from other people and that. I always believed in God, and um, but as you're saying, when did that call come? And that came through um, reading God's Word mm. um, to follow, okay, Simon, I've showed you this now, um, what are you going to do about it? And as you said, he said to the disciples, come follow me. I had a desire through my whole life. There's actually one stage in my life that um, in my younger life, I wanted to be a Catholic priest. You know, so so I had this desire to um, to share Jesus with people because I knew peace came with Jesus. The, the nights when I used to just lay out there in the farm under tree or whatever, as I said, we had nature to ourselves. I look up, there was such a wonderful peace. So I knew about that peace. When Dad died, I never knew about that peace. It disappeared right through to the time when I started reading the Bible. That peace started coming back. And I thought, wow, this is the peace that I've been looking for. Peace is such a wonderful thing. You, you ask, do a survey on people, what they want most in life. When they get down to the nitty-gritty, it's peace. You know, the money doesn't bring them peace. They want peace in their relationships, in their lives, in their work and everything. I was going to ask you, what happened to the anger? It didn't go, believe it or not, Len. Believe it or not, <laughs> there was still anger there. And yes. that, um, look, that only probably came out about, you know, you learn. When, you, when you're born again, um, you're not born to a complete new person like Jesus. You're born again to want to follow Jesus and want to be like Jesus. Sometimes it could take someone a lifetime and sometimes it can be very quickly. A lot of my so-called scales, like I talk, what happened to Saul, the scales fell off. A lot of them fell off instantly when I started reading the Bible. I started to love people more. I started to embrace people more. When I had trouble with things, I would go to the Bible and read it and, and try and help it. But I still had an underlying anger and I even prayed um, to Jesus because I started learning so many things so quickly I started praying to Jesus in the name of Jesus I, I cast these demons out of me and and these demons left me I could feel them go out of my body and um, there was also a stage where a fellow friend of mine um, he was struggling in, deep in drugs and um, he had got very angry uh, one night when I visited him and uh, I said in the name of Jesus get out of him Satan and he went this wind just went straight past me he just flumped back in his uh, seat so I've seen the power of the name of Jesus um, in my own life and in other people's life but we can't fool ourselves we're born again so it's a it's a it takes time in some things and it was only a few years ago it was actually at a church camp Quite a uh, bit of a hard story to tell, but um, we were playing, had, had the whole family there, and um, we were playing rugby with my two daughters, and we were playing just with other ones at the church camp, and one of the pastors was big fella, big Samoan fella, went through and he tried to knock me over. And I got up and I went up to him and I pushed him and uh, had a go at him. He said, hey, what are you doing? And settle down, you know, you want to go, I'll have a go at you. And my daughters were looking at me going, what are you doing, Dad? You know, mm -hmm. and they were disgusted. They walked off. I walked off and I realised what's going on. Is His anger just popped, popped out of nowhere. I thought I'd given that to you, Jesus, you know. Why aren't you dealing with that? Um, but as God has a way, 
if we ask for him to do something, it doesn't always happen instantly. And uh, through reading his word more, I always come back to his word, but reading his word more, I believe I've got control of that anger through the power of Jesus. But that doesn't mean, I'll be honest here, that doesn't mean it's gone completely because you never know. If you take your eyes off Jesus, that spirit is waiting to come back in you. That's why you can't be slack. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus and keep keep um, keep keep going with Jesus. But as you're saying that, I got baptised, as you're saying that different walk, and, and coming out of them waters um, of baptism was just just such a peaceful, wonderful feeling. Um, it was hard to explain unless you've actually been there yourself, but it was like the sin just left me. You know, first first John one nine says if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and true and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I knew that. And when I come out of them baptism I knew all my past life was past. So I now I was free to live in the future. And I had such a desire to tell people about the love of Jesus. And maybe I got carried away, but God, God always can use the a overzealous person, and <laughs> I wrote a testimony mm-hmm. up and sent it to all my brothers and and my mum, and that really it made made uh, very little impact I thought on them. But yeah, a few years later, one of my brothers um, had a born again experience himself through through what God used me to to help. That's him. powerful. Yeah. Mm. Now you've just given us this range of things through which you've done and through time. As you look back, what would you say about yourself now compared to what you used to be? Well, I look at myself now as a wretched sinner. And that people say, well, what what do you mean? You're meant to be changed. But I look at the closer I come to Jesus, the clearer I see myself. So I see myself more wretched. But I've got to be honest, other people see me different. And that's that's the key. It's not for me to say, oh, you know, I'm a lot better person than that now. My wife loves me. Um, well, she probably always did love me, but now we have unity in the family. We have peace. Other people come to me with their problems um, because they know they can trust me. So I'm not saying I'm any better person. Um, when the disciples um, were talking to the Pharisees, they said, who are these unlearned people? They must have been with Jesus because of the way they speak in that. And um, that's what I see with myself. Uh, there is definitely a huge change in my life. That I believe the anger's gone. I believe I love people of all cultures and natures now. Um, and uh, so there's a huge change there, but I look at myself as a wretched sinner, and the only thing that sets me apart from the person out there that's doing all sorts of crime is Jesus. It's it's not anything I've done. It's not, you know, I could have still been in that um, environment if the Lord didn't call me and I didn't listen to that call. You know, God's calling everyone out there. You know, and since that time and that desire to share with people, I've had so many people um, want to know more about Jesus. And, and I don't look, it's because what I've done, but I, I think it's because there's a desire and a love in my heart that wants to share with Jesus and and I thought about 
um, doing different mission works and that, and people said, why don't you become a pastor? And that. I haven't had a calling for any of that. And here I am still truck driving. I've done different jobs, still truck driving. Life's still very difficult in some in some ways. I've had high moments, had low moments, but God's got me talking to people out there um, in wineries of all places. When I don't drink wine, I don't believe in, in alcohol, and yet there's so many people out there hurting. And um, and this is where I must be changed because people want to talk to me about it. And when I talk to them about Jesus, they open up and and um, their lives start to change. And I've seen it. And there's, there's no greater joy for me than to bring someone into God's kingdom. Because you're not just bringing them into all the church. I don't look at bringing them into church. People I've talked to don't even go to my church but I've brought them into a relationship with Jesus and what happens there is their life becomes better. They have peace in their life and there's no greater joy than peace. When you've got financial problems, you've lost your job and everything and you can say, well, I've still got peace, I'm trusting in Jesus. How, how good is that? How good is that indeed? Simon, it's been wonderful to hear your story today, but there must be somebody listening today who is very troubled in their own lives. What would you say to them? Good question, Len. Um, I'd just say to all of you out there, doesn't matter what your background is and it doesn't matter what you've done, you know. I've talked to people that um, have killed people and, um, and it's no different from the life I was living with anger. Jesus said if you're angry with someone, you've already committed that sin. Um, there's people, you know, you might have done a terrible crime or you might be living in total shame or whatever. It does not matter. Jesus will accept you the way you are. He says, come to me, all you burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We need that rest. And be honest with yourselves. You've really got to be honest. Do you want peace in your life? You know, do you want contentment? When, you know, there's so many people out there got terrible parents and and are living with the heartache of of that you want that peace well, was a perfect father up in heaven and and he wants you he wants you to be part of his kingdom and i just pray just just ask you know this is how simple it can be just ask yourself honestly and ask god if you're real god please show me because i know he will but you've got to be honest in your heart to want to know if God's real and then he'll set you on a journey and he'll set you on that journey if you're honest to know and have a personal relationship with Jesus he'll lead you in the way to go and and if you keep searching all your life for the honest truth God will lead you in that truth and you'll have a wonderful life experience you mightn't have the easiest life but you'll have a wonderful life experience and you'll have that joy which I have in my heart now, I can honestly say, I have joy of the Lord in my heart. And and I haven't had that since my father died. And um, so, yeah, that's all I can say, really. Our time is up. Thank you very much, Simon and Len, for being part of this program. And I'm pretty sure that uh, we'll have you back sometime and hear uh, more about your uh, walk with Jesus. Very good. Mm. Yes, um, may God bless uh, you in your walk with Jesus and in what you're sharing with other people. And um, right now we'll, uh, 
we'll close this segment with another song and please stay with us uh, our uh, next segment it's give me the bible with len <laughs> 